All right, hey guys, what's going on? Jeff from Friendship here, and I'm excited today to do a Sunday coffee chat with somebody who's a pretty special guest here. This is actually Andy's dad, and he is somebody who has uh, really come in and helped our team out and really helped me out in terms of some guidance and leadership and just starting and continuing the conversation of mindfulness. And this is somebody who does this professionally for a living, so as I started to get down this path a few years ago, probably about three years ago now, and started to meet a few more people in the space and started to just kind of put some of those things out in the space, it's always amazing what ends up coming back to you. From books and podcast recommendations from you guys to introductions and people and you know, honestly, it's been pretty amazing to see our community grow with it and to see where you guys kind of go into the corners of, you know, new opportunities and then how that kind of circles back to, you know, me enhancing my practice of mindfulness. And then also, you know, I think hopefully the future of friendship will be better in terms of the global community, you guys listening to this, me producing it and so on, just because we are all kind of you know, in this awesome circle of self-improvement. And that's really kind of what we dive into on this is, you know, what is the practice of self-improvement? What is important with it? And, you know, kind of where I struggle, where Jack struggles, where people generally struggle and, you know, how we are just in the pursuit of getting better and how we are in the pursuit of trying to seek out resources and information. Jack is very science-based and research-based. He doesn't talk about stuff unless he can directly back it up with a study or some source of research that he feels very confident in, which I really respect. As a, a history major and somebody who really dove into you know primary source material and making sure that everything comes from a well-cited document before you believe anything about it, it's it just is something to be respected from an information standpoint. And if you guys have never really looked into that, it is a very important vetting process. Whenever you read anything on Facebook or social media or watch a video, you have to just think that it's all complete and total opinion and bullshit until it is backed up by something, backed up by science in some capacity. I would even tell you, you know, this podcast, anything that comes out of my mouth, unless I can tell you that this is coming directly from a source, then it's just my opinion, right? And that's as good as it's going to be. You know, you can agree with that or not. And you need to also be very aware of confirmation bias. Are you listening to this to confirm biases that you already have? And so we dive into a little bit of, um, you know, some of the main principles with this. My hope in within this year with 2019 is to be able to have Jack come in and continue work with our team, which he's already done, continue work with me, which he's already done, but also bring some of that opportunity to you guys, the, the community, the Columbus community, and you know just provide opportunities that you guys might not otherwise get in terms of you know help with this practice or continuing to push that practice forward into the next steps and the better steps and you know if you guys are involved with the school districts that Jack talks about in here that he works with or the companies that Jack works with or you guys have ever been introduced to this in any capacity professionally i i hope that you have seen the value in it and we also discuss you know what if you don't see the value in it yet what if you don't believe in it or you don't buy into it yet 
which is fine. It's everybody, you know, you have to find this at the right time in your life. You have to find it at a time where you're open-minded and you have a growth mindset and, you know, you are willing to work and improve yourself and your own mindset and, you know, where you want to go in life and what motivates you and what makes you happy. And, you know, some people might go through their entire life never finding it, never believing it in it and always being skeptical and never actually taking on the practice of self-improvement, which for me makes me sad, but, you know, it is what it is. But I assume if you're listening to this, then you are taking the beginning steps to work on this stuff. So I hope that you guys like it. I think you'll take away a lot from Jack and and really pay attention to how careful he is with his words and what kinds of words he uses. And then also how when he throws around a word and then I ask him to dive deeper into it, how you can tell how he's actually really thought about what that word means, how it should be used. And then that the fact that it's not just a word to be thrown around. So I hope you guys enjoy. Let me know what you think. All right, guys. Today we are here with a very special guest. And not somebody, true. I'm no, just a person. It is. No, I'm very excited. You are you are one of the biggest uh, reach for us in terms of uh, getting somebody outside of the community uh, and hasn't necessarily worked at Friendship a lot. And uh, so go ahead. I'm going to let you fully introduce yourself however you see fit. Well, see fit. You had to throw in fit there. Yeah. You know, that's part of your nomenclature. Right? <laughs> so, no, you know, I'm Jack Slavinsky. Um, you know, I... Uh, I do leadership development and organizational change uh, for organizations of all sorts and varieties on our planet here. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm just a normal guy and a normal family guy. I'm just blessed to be where I am. You know, I'll do that with uh, certain sports programs, and we had a good time with your team yeah. uh, doing that. We did one. Uh, we actually combined a couple. And uh, also businesses. Uh, I've got a deep business background from my Citigroup GE Xerox days. Uh, that's where I cut my teeth yeah. way back. Uh, but, um, of course, education and school districts, but also ministry. I work with Christian schools. So I'm blessed to have the widest variety of clients, um, so to speak, you know, that's out there. And uh, I love the diversity. And uh, really, it, the system, the systems that I've developed work in any context. I'm just changing that context around who they are and what they need in their particular situation. So love what I do. Uh, you know, it's proof positive because I, well, I have a degree in software engineering from way back when. And, um, you know, where you start versus where you are are two different things. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard It's hard to say, well, how did that happen? If you say, well, tell me what the transition was. I mean, I know some of it, but some of it's your calling and your purpose and how events line up in your life. And here we are. So yeah. I'm, I'm very clear on what I'm out to do. Uh, as I said, I'm blessed to be where I am. I love where I am. Uh, it's very different from what my role was 10, 20, 30 years ago. But at the end of the day, I'm here to help everyone be the best version of themselves uh, from their work life to their athletic life to their family life. Because everything I do benefits everyone in every context. Yeah. Yeah, I think the it, it's hard in, in talking to people that I was going to be having this podcast it was hard to feel like I could come and settle in on a comfortable label for you, which I know that you're probably not a big label guy, but, uh, but you know, you know, leadership orientation, motivator, teamwork, uh, mental health, you know, I feel like it's somewhere kind of fitting into that boat. Mm-hmm. And when we had you in to kind of work with our team, that was really, we were trying to work very specifically mm-hmm. on, on teamwork, teamwork <laughs> and, and, and leadership skills and, uh, and I know that our team got a lot out of it, and mm-hmm. it was something that was very beneficial. Um, but you say you kind of, you know, you work into different varieties. I want to talk, 
first mostly about schools because mm-hmm. um, I think that that's where you know we've done a lot of work with kids and teenagers. That's something that as a um, you know as a company we really want to mm-hmm. continue to address because sure. I think it's a um, you know just an area ripe for improvement and development. Mm-hmm. And you and I talked a little bit off mic about Olentangy and yeah. how that school district Olentangy has really, Liberty. yeah, yeah Olentangy mm-hmm. Liberty. So talk to me a little bit about what you've done there. Well, um, well first, I mean, I teach at Ohio State University. I'm going to be going to my eighth year uh, next year. Uh, so, you know, it's a little bit of a proving ground, but also really helps you do best practice teaching techniques. Yeah. Uh, and what's yeah. that class called? What do you teach? Well, I have multiple classes. I have three classes I teach here. They all have various leadership okay. elements to them with focus on how do we use those to improve organizations, whether okay. it's leadership and project, leadership and consulting, leadership and organizational change, um, you know, those type of things, right? So that's where it applies there at the undergrad, grad, and in master's level. Um, so I, I love that, and that's great. Uh, but, you know, my, my work, as you know, so I'll repeat it here, um, in the schools really started just about five years ago when we came back from North Carolina. So I moved it from New Jersey, where we spent most of our life, and you'll see that in my, my mannerisms on how I talk at times. Uh, and um, we moved here, and then I had a job opportunity in my corporate life to move down to North Carolina, so we were there, and then we, we moved back because nobody moved down, and we said, we're going back and forth, and why are we doing this? So the company I was working for at the time said, why don't, why don't I just run, quote unquote, the, uh, the Midwest market versus the South market? So we did that, we moved back, and I intersected with Coach Steve Hale at All Intangible Liberty, great, great person, has an incredible track record of success. So when I intersected him, it was at a school function night, I think it was sign up for something. And I told him what I was doing at Ohio State and uh, you know, around leadership of the various sorts. And he said, that's something that he wants to do more of with the team. And um, they, they were coming off three consecutive seasons uh, of an unusual pattern where they were five and five, five and five, five and five in terms of a record. Um, their prior years have been playoff bound, you know, well, it, you know, except for the very first year the school opened. So um, first they spent some time with Coach Hale uh, and just sort of understanding what the situation was and talked about him and his role and things that were going on with him and then spent a bunch of Sunday nights with the, uh, the coaches on a football program there. And, uh, you know, a lot of our discussion, uh, you know, was around culture and relationships and building trust and, and how do we go about doing that. Um, and uh, we came up with sort of a plan and a new set of values and everything and, and really a new way of, of doing things within that structure uh, that Coach Hale wanted to do. And after the first meeting I had with them on a Sunday night, I remember driving home and calling um, my wife Debbie and saying, you know something? One, that was the most fun I've had in a long time. Not that I wasn't having enjoyable things yeah. in my corporate life, my consulting life at the time. You know, it was really organizational transformation oriented, but at the same time I said, this is really like direct connection, really direct impact. And um, I said, and secondly, everything that I talk about in terms of systematic change and leadership development in the corporate world directly applies here. All I'm doing is changing the context, back to what I said before. And it was from that point that I said, you know something, given the opportunity, why wouldn't I want to do this permanently? And that's a big leap. 
And yep. I think that that feels you know a little scary to people, and, and probably there there were those in the family that that felt that way because it's you're going from more of a secure environment to to you're going to do this on your own. Um, so you got to go through that startup, but you know I I use that to springboard into you know doing more of that type of work. I worked short for a short period of time with a, another organization, a competitor in the area that does some of that, but I don't think our values align. So as a result, I went off on my own and started this up and started again with athletics, school districts, all took all the Olentangy uh, school district principals and administrators, all 70 or 80 of them, uh, through my program about three summers ago. Um, and the coaches, been working with them for five years, four years now at Olentangy Liberty. Yeah. Uh, and it just grew from there. So I have a, a lot of local clients, I have long distance clients, but, and, and businesses. Too. And as I said, Christian schools. So it's it's really um, it's something that every organization needs. Yep. This is going to sound like a little bit of a marketing thing. <laughs> every individual needs. I mean, it really starts with the individuals. And in most of the, the situations that exist in organizations in any context today, start with the leaders. You know, and how do they see themselves? And then how do they go about motivating? their team and influencing their team. And most of us, including me at some point, have not really been through systematic leadership development, organizational change. How do you build an exceptional culture? Most people, as you've heard me say, have acquired a lot of interesting, sometimes good skills, really good experiences, but not an integrated way to go about being the best version of them. How do I create the best version of my team? How do I really, what really goes into influencing, building trust and building a culture and all those things? Um, how do I create well-being for everyone? How do I create resiliency? You know, what would go into you know, maintaining a positive mindset within my team structure? And what are the proven attributes? Not the hearsay, not the theory, not the we think, yeah. not the formula, but what are the proven attributes? And uh, that benefits everyone. So I'm on a mission to really bring this you know, whether it started with, you know, the school, Olentangy Liberty, five years ago, um, to every possible venue that I could bring it to, because everybody needs it. Yeah. And uh, I'm certainly not a finished product, and I don't think there should be any on this planet that should think that they're a finished product. That's a mindset, yeah. you know, that we all can benefit and continue to grow and develop, you know, from where we are. And we should also look at everything we're doing as we're never finished. Yeah. Yeah. It's a constant pursuit. Yep. It needs to be something that's, uh, I think that's something we talk about a lot on this podcast is, you know, a big, big part of the podcast is trying to constantly pursue mm -hmm. things that are going to put us into a mindset of development or growth mm -hmm. more often. Uh, and I think that's fantastic. And I know one of the big things, you know, that I'm working with on my team is that culture, I think an improved culture or even just a culture where we are all are able to look at each other mm -hmm. and say, we are pursuing improvement together. Mm -hmm. We are pursuing, you know, being better leaders, being a better team, being more cohesive, having better communication. Mm -hmm. We are in that pursuit. And in that we, you know, can't ever stop. We're going to fall and falter and fail and, you know, have bad moments like we all do, but we all need to understand what that looks like and how we can kind of pick each other up from it. And then I think the big thing that I've found is that is significantly more important to like f job fulfillment mm -hmm. than almost any other factor is, <clears throat> 
you know, how well do you feel supported? Do you feel like the group of people around you are going to help you grow into a better, mm-hmm. you know, future version of yourself? Mm-hmm. Uh, or do you feel like the organization, the people are holding you back from that? And I think that that's something, you know, that's a big reason why we wanted to work with you. And I think why, as you say, almost every, um, almost every single company can end up working on that in some capacity, whatever state you're at. And, you know, I'm, I'm super proud of our team because I think that we have, it's a very open-minded team. Mm-hmm. Some, a, a team who is, you know, in that pursuit individually a little bit on their own, but then I wanted to make it more of like a teamwork thing. Yeah, no, um, well, first of all, compliments to you. Um, so flip this around a little bit. So flip the switching. You're not, you're not allowed like, to not do gonna, that. This I'm is for you. not allowed to do no, that. That no. would be very easy to do. But <laughs> no, we're not going to do it. So the, uh, I mean, I could tell from the get-go that you were, you were very motivated in doing this and you just didn't want to sort of run a program and let's see what happens but you you have intent to continue to immerse the team in it and to extend it and to make it part of their common language part of the culture language the values right yeah part of your common way that they speak and they think and they work together and then when you do that then you have a team of people that has an understanding that they can under, you know use these methods but not the not the athletic not the training methods, not all, but the methods to how do we communicate, how do we build relationships at our best? Because, yeah. you know, as I tell people, when you think about it, if you don't do that with your team and you don't have that common understanding of how do we work best, then you have individuals show up who bring inter- interesting experiences and talents, but they all bring their own perspective, yeah. right? And part of that's really good because you want diversity, everybody needs diversity in what they do. But part of it is, it's a challenge because you don't have any common threads of how you're going to speak to each other and you're willing to adapt your style and understanding your character strengths and weaknesses. And how do we really go about communicating uh, and how do we build relationships and what does that mean? And, yep. and how do we you know, use, you know, I know what your style is and I have to meet you halfway. I can't just say, well, I'm, I'm from here and you gotta meet me halfway. That's a yep. fight. That's a, that's a destructive conflict, right? Yep. And we have enough of that yep. in our world. So you, you set out and you're focused on making it part of the tapestry of what you do there, which is really cool. And I know that you'll continue to extend that. I wish, I wish everyone that you know, I work with would, would consistently do that. You can imagine it's the widest range of applicability. Yep. Some on the high end, some, some of the sessions happen, and I don't, you know, then you wonder, well, what happens after that? But, yep. But the more that you apply it, the more you call attention to it, the more that you get everyone to speak that new language, um, you're, you're going to get greater retention, obviously, hashtag duh. Yeah. You know? yeah. But that's what you want to do. You yeah. know, none of these, we can't change behavior. You can't change your client's behavior with, with one rep, yep. with one session, you know, with, with one book, yep. with one you know, uh, workout of the day. You know, all, all this. It doesn't work that way. It takes repetition and reinforcement and feedback and and not getting it right, and then finding ways to persevere and adapt to the situation you face, and and do it new ways. Right? That's life. Yeah. That's life. Adaptability and perseverance two of the most cherished principles on our planet to get people ahead. Yeah, and I know you're big on repetition and consistency, mm-hmm. and so, you know, we talk about this all the time in in terms of the gym, and I do think that the gym analogy and, and uh, you know working on yourself physically mm-hmm. is the analogies are are 
pretty simple or pretty they're pretty in line right um but i think the you know the mental pursuit or that pursuit of consistency and repetition in that degree i think sometimes is is harder mm-hmm. and i think it's because relationships are much more fluid and you know your thought process or anger or life situations or things that come up and kind of butt up and get in the way and all that stuff mm-hmm. i think end up uh challenging you probably more so than you know, physically just coming in and making sure if, that you're consistent you with your workouts. Yeah. Yeah. Mo- most of the, the things that impact us, you know, are, we're allowing them to happen. And I know people don't always like to hear that. And, and yes, sometimes things are done to us that are really difficult and difficult to overcome them. But if you, if you look at the research and the studies and some people don't like me to use those words, but that this stuff is grounded in most of life events are under your control. Yep. Greater majority, well over ninety percent, well over. So, you know, you have a choice. We have a choice. I have a choice on how I conduct myself, how I look at, how I'm going to handle the situations I face, what emotions or not I'm going to exert through this, and am I going to stay positive or am I going to choose just to, you know, run a downward spiral because of the situations I face, which is which is really easy. Um, and, you know, as, as you know, because we've talked about this and this is something that we want to do together is, you know, there's, there's a whole set of proven practices and methods that people could use to help themselves stay positive and have a positive mindset and manage your emotional states and, you know, how do you stay immersed in what you do and how do you continue to do things with meaning and purpose and, you know, through your relationships and it really have great accomplishments and savor the moments. You know, there's proven things, but most people don't know that. So as a result, all of us, including me, so I'm not perfect. So anybody who's listening says, well, you must, you must got this. No, I don't, I don't got it. You know, I'm, I'm fallible too. I make mistakes. Um, Just because of all these methods doesn't mean that I don't go down, you know, rabbit hole at times with these things. Uh, But the more methods you have, the sooner you'll catch yourself and you'll be able to course correct. And that'll be your gyroscope for, for keeping yourself a little bit true. So you don't, you don't let it go too far. Yeah. Um, but most of us, most people have not been educated or trained in these methods. Just like if you said to someone who you haven't been putting through your programs, go get fit. It's like saying, get yourself well. Yeah. Think better about what you do, right? Because <laughs> everything's driven by our thoughts. That's, that's not really motivational and it's not really instructional, yeah. right? because you're not giving them the methods that you'd want them to use that, that condition them well, that are repetitive, that form um, a lattice of, of exercises that you can build on foundationally um, and continue to extend. So, but lacking those things, most people are running around with just dealing with, with life events, which is a challenge yeah. in our world. I mean, our, we're in a world of, of complexity, both outside of work and inside of work. Um, the pace, the velocity of change, relationships, you know, family or not, are, are difficult on people. And uh, social media, we talked about social media before we, we yeah. went on the air here, and um, that creates that social comparison that, that can drive people crazy. Yeah. You know, if you, don't, if you don't manage your mind cycle and how you're looking at those things and how you can not fall into that emotional abyss of, well, why isn't that, I don't look like that. Yeah. Why, why is that? Why are they better? Why do they, how do they, they're on that vacation, yeah. right? 
they're looks like they're having a, a fun. I'm not having fun. Now look at the people they're with. So, wow. As opposed to the just the very <laughs> simple Wow, good for them. Yeah, right. <laughs> like good for them. They look like they're on a fun vacation, like as opposed to the the and which is probably simpler, mm-hmm. but a harder mindset to control yourself into saying that or mm-hmm. or actually maybe even more important believing that. Mm-hmm. I think in that same capacity then what I wrote down and what I think um is interesting then is uh motivation or let's say like a you know motivational movie song quote something that's very short lasting Mm. um that i do think now has sort of been synonymous and i I would be interested to know your thoughts on Mm. um you know companies or or, you know corporate places putting up motivational posters or things along those lines uh because that is that's temporary right and that's something that um you know isn't systematic and mm-hmm. isn't necessarily a behavior change in mm-hmm. some capacity. So I'd be interested to, to know your thoughts just on what you think about motivation. Yeah, it's, a good, it's a good lead in because we've already talked about that. That's okay. The, you know, the, you, you see a lot of this, whether it's just to connect the dots on social media or on, on organization websites, again, organization in the broadest context, yep. athletic education, businesses, whatever. And, you know, on, well, these are our values. This is, this is us, you know, um, go at your best and you'll succeed. You know, all these different thousands and thousands of permutations and combinations of quotes. And, um, with a belief that, that we're going to inspire people like that. And I, I will say that those can create a spark, but the question is, what do you do with the spark from there? And do, do you know enough about yourself? Do you understand yourself enough? to then take that or or how about your team, right? Uh, But at its core, we don't change behavior with one wave of a magic wand. We don't just change behavior with those really cool quotes or that motivational speech, right? It takes takes a lot of work, it takes repetition, right? There's a professor from Harvard who who said, um, if we were able to change behavior, you know, with, with one, you know, statement, then the world would actually be a pretty chaotic place because you'd be able to change on the fly and you wouldn't know what to expect and everything. So it takes a lot of work. So, so organizations who are trying to reset their values, their core values, or or um, their mission or a set of beliefs, um, they've got to work that into the hearts and minds of the people through through a lot of work and repetition and calling attention to it and celebrating those moments when people demonstrate those behaviors because everything we do is behavior based and and having that accountability factor not only for individuals willing to hold themselves accountable just like you want your team to hold themselves accountable for doing a great job with their client but also if they see something that one of your teammates your teammates at your place is is doing something great or not so great they're they're willing to speak up they're willing to use their their character strength of, of courage they're willing to to call attention to that they're willing to help that person you know, work through something where they could be even more effective at what they do. So, so when we're looking to get change occur within an organization, which includes families, one of the most powerful um, elements of that and principles really is getting accountability going and the willingness to not just hold yourself accountable, but also a willingness to say, you know, Jack, you know, I think that you could do better or that really wasn't the best version of you or why did you say that you know that doesn't that's not really connecting with me or I wish you wouldn't do that yeah. right um, 
So, but getting people to believe that, you know, the word accountability, um, this is one of these words, not unlike culture, mindset, you know, a bunch of other words where we just throw these around. Character is another word yeah. uh, without really a deep enough understanding of what, what the words mean and really how to affect, you know, behavior change in those areas. We, we, uh, we think by just by saying that you need to be accountable. I expect all of you to be accountable. As a client, you need to be accountable for yourself. Yeah. You know, when I, when I broke this down a couple of years ago and I started working it into my sessions, there's actually about eight different principles of, of what it means to be accountable, starting with, you know, do you have a mindset of accountability? Are you willing to do that, right? And then externally is the environment that you're operating in, yeah. you know, from the family to the business to the gym to the school to the church, right? Yeah. You know, is, is the culture such that people feel that they can do that, that they can speak up, that that's something that is necessary for that organization to continue to advance itself. So accountability is a powerful word, but unless you certainly not only model it, because of course everybody said, we well, got to model it, no kidding, but you, know, you get everyone to call attention to it, that's when it, you really are able to change an organization. Yeah. It's difficult to do because people carry with them, well, I don't, I don't feel comfortable or uh, you know, how do I go about giving feedback? Because part of that involves giving feedback and, and that also involves some discussion and some training of what, what are good ways to give feedback, what are you know, the more direct, indirect, timing, all those things that, um, again, involve some training. Yeah, people. Well, and I think it's one of my biggest areas of weakness and is, I think, you know, generally we look at, at, you know, our team or my team, one of the biggest things I struggle with is, you know, I think that, um, you know, I'd be viewed as heavy handed and, you know, they might not feel like they are in a culture of being able to speak up or, mm -hmm. or hold me accountable. And then in that way, I think that that breaks down the whole system mm -hmm. um, of, of holding each other accountable and open, honest communication and, and some of those other things. Uh, and so that's, that's one of the big things that I know I am working on, but that's the challenge is, um, you know, changing my communication paths and mm -hmm. changing my leadership skills. And, um, you know, and it, it, it's, you know, it's scary because it, it is, you're changing your own, your default, mm -hmm. your, your own, the way that I just operate, mm -hmm. um, that, you know, I say something, I don't think about it. It's just, it's, it's, it's totally passive. Mm -hmm. Um, but that enough of that has, has led, led us to this. Yep. And so as you know, I start to evolve or we start to evolve, I need to be much more cerebral about, you know, how I am, how I am actually taking on some of those words. Yeah. Purposeful. Intentional. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Purpose, yeah. Purpose. Um, and so, you know, I think that that's, it's not easy and that's why that's where the repetition comes in is mm -hmm. you're going to end up back doing default stuff unless you are really focused focused on that, that repetition. And mm -hmm. I find myself there weekly. Mm -hmm. So constantly trying to evolve that. I wrote down, you know, two things on that. I think, um, you know, you said, uh, you said the courage mm -hmm. to speak up and that really stuck with me. I think that that is, um, especially when you start thinking about the family structure. So I went two places in my mind with that one, you know, how Maria and I communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. So our own family structure and then, uh, and then the, the coaches and the business and, and, you know, their courage to, to speak up with me. Um, and so I think that that's, uh, I think that's a really interesting one. And I think the, the thing that's interesting is it's really hard for, um, both people to be in the same, uh, growth mindset at, 
a time where you're having a challenging conversation. So if Maria and I are having a challenging conversation about something and I'm in a good headspace and she's not in a good headspace, um, then you might have the courage to speak up and say, you know, Hey, I think, you know, I think, I think we could do better. I think you could do better. Um, you know, you've stated to me in the past that this is a goal of yours that we want to work on and here I am holding you accountable. Um, and then, and this could go either way. We're just going to use it this this way, the sure. way I started it. Uh, but then she might come back and, and, you know, be in a negative space and mm-hmm. be attacking, accusatory, push it back onto something that I did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that's what I find challenging. And that's why I think it's so, so important to have that shared language and mm-hmm. have that shared understanding of, you know, we need to generally as a group be better and get to a place where we can communicate mm-hmm. on this on this level mm-hmm. and maybe not right now because it's not going it's not going great right now yeah. but you know it, hopefully in the near future and like you said the better you get at it the faster you you will be at catching it and i think if Maria and I's relationship has done one thing in growth it's that we've both gotten faster at mm-hmm. realizing when we're being mm-hmm stubborn dicks mm-hmm. to each other right mm-hmm. for lack of a better way to put it yeah um yeah. so i find that that courage and um i i think that that is that's like step one i think that's super challenging for a ton of people mm-hmm. inside of a culture inside of a community an organization a family a job to be the person who speaks up and holds other people accountable especially when you start talking about Let's say you're in a leadership position and Mm -hmm. you are the one who needs to be held accountable. Mm -hmm. Communicating that to your subordinates, for lack of a better way to put it. Um, And I know it's something that I wish, you know, my team would do more for me. Um, But, you know, it's taken me a long time to get there. And I don't know that all superiors would be that way. Well, you know, the fact matters that you're thoughtful and you're thinking about how you need to continue to adapt shows a willingness and a motivation to do so. So it's highly likely that you're going to stick on that path uh, of continuing to find ways within your style and your space to do so, right? And with your team or your family, you know, seeing you behave that way, it, it says a lot about your your mindset of, because it's a mindset of I'm open to change and I'm open to growth and I know that I can need to continue to be flexible and adaptable in what I do. Um, you know, the application of courage and giving people feedback and holding people accountable requires, you know, it's, there's a timing factor too, yeah. right? So, you know, you gotta decide when and how much you give into it. And, and you know, I, we don't always get that right. So, you, you, but you gotta be aware of, of how you're coming across and be willing to either try a different approach or back off, right? And that yeah. style adaptability, you know, you know, it, is the timing right? Should I be direct? Should I, should I connect it to something else? Should I just bring energy? Should I just ask if that person needs help? Did you see what you just did? Or should I yeah. just give them a long list of things that, that they didn't do? And, and it's often difficult to dial into, you know, how much, how soon, when, and why with individuals. Now, the other thing you brought up, um, can be very difficult when you're when you're trained uh, on all these different methods and having a common language. And I tell this more even more so to my students at Ohio State because they're in roles where they're going to go out and 
apply organizational change in, organ, in a lot of companies to help companies optimize and bring quality and reduce cycle time and all those things. Um, so you look, you're, it's very likely you're going to run into most people who have not been equipped with the skills you're equipped with. Yeah. And you got to make decisions on how you deal with that because you, I may say to you, well, you know, you got to keep the right mindset. If you say that to someone who hasn't been through enough training on what that means other than the word, right, that may hit the wall and slide down. Yeah. You know, if you say to someone, well, you, you got to be willing to adapt your style and meet me halfway. What does that mean to adapt your style, right? Yeah. You know, you're coming across pretty direct with me. Why don't you just sit back and listen, you know, so again, you can get into these incongruities with, with different individuals and groups who, when you try and apply some of this, if they have not been through it. So the sooner with your team, the sooner you get everyone, you know, at enough of the same level, knowing that you're never going to get it perfect, yeah. um, you're going to be highly effective and you're going to maximize the talent on your team like you're trying to do. You already have a very talented team. Yeah. I mean, it's clear when I when I did the session with them and I've interacted with them, they're, they're like sponges. They want to soak this up. They get it. Yeah. Right? That's what you want. you know. That, and, and they will continue to apply it through you, through the trust that you've embodied in them to continue to be the best version of themselves. Yeah, I think the it's that's kind of the the idea that I want to create is let them you know continue to we all are soaking up as sponges and then my hope is that in that pursuit you know other people will be able to actually see that mm-hmm. you know that development that pursuit that and then maybe you know jump on right mm-hmm. and, and be involved with that also mm-hmm. be intrigued by it right it's the same thing as this as this podcast be intrigued mm-hmm. by you know what we're talking about and begin that pursuit however small or big that might be mm-hmm. you know and as you start getting into some of the organizational stuff i think that's that's big right that's mm-hmm. a big picture i think the pursuit at the end of the day you know needs to start and be something that again you can control mm-hmm. that can be a personal mindset thing. Yeah, it all starts yep. right there. Yep, it all sorts. And so, if then you know, if you have an organization, or if you work in an organization, and you want to see that big, overwhelming change, mm-hmm. I think that that would be something. Then it's still your pursuit individually still has to be a practice, mm-hmm. right? It has to be something where you develop consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I think that that's. Uh, I think sometimes that's a challenge. I hear a lot of people. You know, we we discuss a lot about complaining about a job or a culture or an mm-hmm. environment um, mm-hmm. that that people work in and I think in you know modern society that we're with right now I think that that complaint is people are very quick to it mm-hmm. right and having spent a lot of time in the military people are very quick to it there mm-hmm. uh, but that was you know when I look at my own failure in the military I think it, it was a it was I had some good mindsets personally mm-hmm. right I, I was in a pretty good headspace with my motivation and some of those things. Mm-hmm. But I really let myself get negative with things outside of my control, with mm-hmm. the the culture, um, and you know the the organization that I was with, mm-hmm. and so I think that that kind of ate away at me, and mm-hmm. you know soured me to the military, and so then I looked for other things. Uh, what would be you know if if you were to you know say to somebody who feels like they are generally in a negative space in mm-hmm. an organization in a company. And say it's a say it's a big company. Say it's like a chase or something like that, where you are sort of a cog in the machine. It sounds right? easy. Yeah, it's probably yeah. <laughs> like a once and done answer on this one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, what would your what would your biggest say? Is it just is it a personal pursuit, or do you try to put put it up the chain, or do you feel like it's something where 
Um, you know, how do you try to influence people around your, you know, sphere of influence or how do you look at that? That's like a quadratic equation that you just threw at me. So it's pretty yeah. easy, right? Okay. You know, it's just like equals MC squared. I don't know. You know, so you, you have to, there's a lot of complexity. So, you know, I sort of get these questions when I'm speaking to large groups. Yeah, I got this situation in this group or this person and. You know, in my mind, I'm running this track. Well, you probably had this problem for like five or six years, and now you're asking me for a surgical answer in the yep. middle of speaking to 200 people. And, yep. uh, and there's really, it's difficult to get to a surgical answer if you don't know all the different things that have happened along the way. And, and candidate leaders, it's back to no once and done. You know, when, when you set up an environment where there are values that people believe in and people, that's part of their identity, right? Yep. That creates a surround sound effect of a team, family, a group, an organization, a building, right, a school, yep. a classroom, you know, a gym, all, all those different things. That's why the culture piece is, I am getting to your answer, but this is, you got to think of it sort of first things first, right? Yep. If you've got that environment set up where, you know, and then these five or six statements define us and people, and you've continued to call attention to it celebrated it, rewarded people, everyone holds each other accountable. Um, those, those are their bumper guards. It defines what they believe in and helps them get to the mission, right? It helps them know what's, what's negotiable and not negotiable and how they behave because all of this is behavioral based. Yep. Um, <clears throat> that's critical because then you've got a culture, an organization, an organism that, that understands and believes for the most part, even you're always gonna have some people who don't want to, but for the most part. So when we do these things, we could be, we can maximize ourselves and our talent. So then when it gets into areas of, of negativity, ind individual, you know, that, that has two components to it. There's a organization component, you know, what's that, what's the mood of the organization to use that word, yeah. right? Um, and based upon everything that's going on in that organization, um, you know, how do people feel about what they do? Are they waking up and they're, they're hitting the ground running? Yeah. Um, or are they waking up and saying another day, at, you know, X, Y, Z, and it's just not going to be fun, right? So, so part of that's on them. Part of that's on the, the, what's been set up for that environment that they're going into. And the more that people believe they can thrive in that environment, yeah. the more that there's a support system with relationships with people around them. We talked a little bit about relationships before where they, people trust that when they get there, they're going to they're gonna be able to rely on each other. It's going to be a high-performing team. There's going to be a lot of great chemistry or there's going to be a lot of great cohesion with each other then you feel that you can go in there and even though you, you don't feel like you're in your best state, other people will lift you up. So that relationship part of it, that, that environment is critical towards helping people keep themselves you know, working at their best of capacity, yeah. right? To maximize their ability to, to be resilient and stay resilient. On an individual basis, um, so much of it starts first with mindset, but beyond that, it's how do we manage our emotional state, you know, and being attentive and aware of what's going on in my head. How am I thinking about what I face? You know, am I tending to look at it more negatively or catastrophically or, you know, that's it. Now everything from this point forward is, is screwed up because of that one event, you know, or, or are you... Do you have a thinking style or what's sometimes called an explanatory style where you're more optimistic 
and knowing that you could work beyond this and that you know what you're dealing with now is really temporary and you know that you, you could actually have more control over this than you believe you can but it all, all you know Jeff comes from how we think about what we face and we're all challenged by our thinking processes right because we inherit lots of biases we inherit lots of emotions most of it's acquired through lots of stuff back when we were we were kids, right? Some of it could be traumatic, and those are very difficult situations, and let's just set those on the side because that's a different class. But the normal stuff that we've all been through, parents, divorce, leaving, accidents, this, deaths, whatever, you know, parents, um, you know, how you think about that, your job loss, you know, things didn't go right, you didn't win the business, something happened, the client got mad at you, teammate got mad at you. Those, those are the normal events and, and how you look at it and how you're willing to treat it and look beyond it and challenge those behaviors dispute what's going on in your head to help you move beyond it right and that that's what helps sort of build that emotional resiliency um, if you look at the studies quote unquote 80% um, of our ability to be effective and successful in our roles our roles whatever our role is in life um, is directly connected to our self-awareness and ability to emotionally manage ourselves. And also the extension of that is, is conduct yourself in social situations and manage the ebbs and flows in that 80%. Yeah. So the number at one point was 70%, now it's 80%. So, so much of that is on how you look at that, how you are you gauging that space between you and the people that you're facing and are you aware enough of how you're coming across and are yeah. you adapting to that situation and then you know, are you using your emotions for in a purposeful way, because I could use my emotions to make a, a point of passion and energy, right? Or I could use my emotions to say, I don't, you know, I'm not really answering your question. I'm making this up. I'm not answering your question, and now I'm trying to think of a way to answer your question, and now I'm getting frustrated with myself, and now it's distracting me from answering your question. Yeah. And now I'm actually working a different part of my brain, and now it's now I'm losing the ability to stay in front of my brain and my prefrontal cortex, and things are getting transferred somewhere else, and now all of a sudden. I'm losing my ability to make good decisions. Yeah. That's how it works. That's how our brain works. Yeah. You know, when, when we lose control of our emotions. People can say, well, I, I can stay attentive and focused. and That's good that you can say that, but it's not likely that you can because that's not how your brain works. Yeah. So the sooner that you, you, you apply these methods to say, I can be more self-aware. I can be under more emotional control. I can, I can look beyond these, these things that are pissing me off. Um, and not, not treat them as the worst thing that's ever going to happen in my life, that look beyond it. And I'm not talking really catastrophic events, but I'm talking sometimes, often we treat things as catastrophes when they're really not catastrophes. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And I think the, uh, the self-awareness piece is, is just massive. I don't think that can be understated. I think the, the mind game, and I have no idea, you know, they're right or wrong, however you want to look at this. Um, but the mind game that I always try to play, and this is a part of sort of my, you know, meditative process, which, um, you know, is is really sitting down and thinking about the situations that are controlling my thought process, mm -hmm. and taking those things, whether they are drama or stress or um, you know, a fear of failure or whatever it might be, something, something that is taking my thought process all the time and making me not present, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and thinking how 
what is my role in this, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, it could, it could be anything, right? Um, it, stuff isn't going well with a member of my team. Stuff isn't going well with a client or, you know, we're mm-hmm. getting complaints or, you know, negativity or whatever it is. Or, you know, we're looking at this big future thing and it's a scary potential future option for us and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just, and I try to break the steps back down to, you know, what is my role in this? Did I contribute? How did I contribute? Mm-hmm. Um, and take that as far as I possibly can mm-hmm. and look at only my role as mm-hmm. opposed to the, what seems to be more common and more default and the easy way to go yeah. is constantly focusing on, you know, somebody else did this to me, somebody else did that. Right. And it's happening know, to me again. Yep, exactly, exactly, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, and so I think that self-awareness uh, is piece is, I think it's hands down the most challenging to mm-hmm. control. Uh, but I also think that it's probably the, one of the most, if not the most important thing. It is, it is, and it's proven to be um, one of the most, if not the most important leadership trait, you know, beyond communication, right? You can't communicate most effectively unless you're self-aware. Yeah. So, yep. you know, one thing follows the other, and, uh, you know, how you go about maintaining that and being attentive to it by, by being more thoughtful about how you conduct yourself and being close to your thoughts makes a difference. You know, it's a, like a little bit of a way to put this as a metaphor. You know, often we, we treat our thoughts as a tightly packed musical composition where the notes are just flying by. Because we have forty to 60,000 thoughts a day on average, the yeah. psychologist will tell you, right? You know, we, we may speak 16,000 words a day on average, but we have, you know, 40 to 60,000 thoughts. And uh, so that's a lot of opportunity. We, what is each one of those thoughts an opportunity to be negative or positive? Yeah. To treat something as, oh, man, this this is going to, that's my day's over. Uh, or to be, nope, I'm not letting that happen, and I'm going to manage through it and, and, you know, look beyond it. So, but when you, you know, you mentioned meditation, that that's, I'm not, a, I'm not an expert in this, but I know that it works, or being, practicing mindfulness, or anything where, you know, you, you are able to spend more time thinking about why you're thinking the way that you do. Yep. You're going to tend to build in an internal breaking mechanism that gives, that then gives you more awareness of your thoughts, rather than just letting this stuff uh, run out. And, because we, we all, we all face these emotional struggles uh, in degrees, right? I face them, I face adversity. Um, you know, what I do, uh, it's a matter of how quickly can you catch it yeah. before it affects you in a way where you, your body starts, your brain tells your body start to release cortisol, blah, 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 and all of a sudden, now that's gonna further short circuit your ability to think clearly now everything gets cloudy now you know to get your your full faculties back right? yeah it can take minutes it could take hours it could take over a day depending upon yep. you, know, you get in a bad accident out there and you get all emotionally all upset i mean you're not going to feel good about forget about the injury part you're not going to feel good mentally probably till the next day yeah yeah because of what your body did to you because of that yeah. so if you take the more common things you know um you know you have a choice to make based upon what you face and how you want to treat it yeah. and how you want to deal with it. it this is, none of this is easy. Yeah. It, it, you know, it takes a lot of repetition, but everyone can apply these things. Everybody can approach it differently. You, you're in much more control of it, and you're right about self-awareness. The more All these things start with self-awareness. If you can't be self-aware, you'll never get enough feedback yeah. from others. You can say, well, I need people to give me feedback. You'll never get enough feedback. Yeah. 
for, for people to help you, you know, be your own gyroscope. Yeah. So, so much of this is on you, you know, for the most part to find ways to continue to say, I, I gotta, I, I gotta make sure that I don't let that happen. Knowing your triggers. Yeah. What are your triggers? We all have triggers. We, yeah. We all, they would fill up a, a waste basket in, in your office here, right? Yeah. If we went through and we spent a lot of time doing that, you know, with my clients, I, I sort of take them through this, you know, are you red, yellow, green, you know, in terms of your emotional management on a, on a normal basis? Are you green, meaning you never flare up? Are you yellow, meaning, you know, sometimes you're, you're really good and other times you do flare up? Are you red? And it takes real courage for people to speak to this, but people do raise their hands like, where you're, you're just, you, people always say, why did you do that? You realize you lost it again, right? You're not, you're just not in control. Um, so most people are in the yellow zone. Yeah. Sometimes people say they're in the green. I, I always find it interesting because, and doubtful. Yeah. Because most of us have spikes and things, including me, where we bounce all over the place. It's a matter of how quickly do you catch it before it really gets, it affects your system chemically, which all of a sudden starts to screw up all the wiring in your brain yeah. and your ability to think clearly. Yeah, I think it, you know it's uh, it's interesting when you were saying that. I think it's it's interesting to to think about how how much people rely on others for their own self awareness or their own awareness. I guess is you know they they expect and the easy one for us is you know they expect a coach to to make them aware of something when in reality the coach is in their own battle that they are working on mm -hmm. for their own self-awareness and mm -hmm. they're working on their own mentality and they might be struggling with 10 other problems. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one of those things where it gets really hard to start ex having that expectation from others or for others. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why, just like you said, I think having a mindful or at least a, a rhythmic or a systematic approach mm -hmm. to your own mm -hmm. self-awareness where you actually schedule some time out of your day or, you know, have a second just to breathe and be aware of, you know, how you're thinking yeah, through reflect, problems. Reflect on yeah. why did I do that? Yeah. Was that the best version of me? What could I have done differently? Yep. And not beating yourself up like, you know, we, we like to put in articles and stuff, but just saying, you know, where did I think I did well? Yeah. And pick a couple areas where I think I, I need to continue to work on that. Yep. And I didn't. I used the wrong body language, the wrong tone. I didn't say the right thing. I, you know, or I said too much of it, or yep. you know, I, I drowned someone. I gave somebody a tsunami of speech, you know, and I shouldn't have done that. Yep. Um, so we all we all face that, and it's the more you reflect on it, you know, you'll you'll tend to want to improve over time. Yeah. Uh, but you've got to apply that as a routine practice. Yeah. You know, just doing it occasionally is insufficient. So you got to get into the habit, the rhythm of doing it. And that was why I ended up walking away from guided meditation is I felt like it was, <coughs> it's, it's, it's noise that doesn't, I, at least for me, it might work for certain people, but it didn't, it didn't allow me to actually sort through sort of the puzzle of my own thoughts with mm. it because I was, you know, listening to where somebody else kind of wanted to take me and mm -hmm. it didn't always necessarily help me like I wanted to. I want to shift a little bit because you use the term resiliency a lot yeah. and consistency. Are you resilient? <laughs> think you're a resilient person. Hey, you know. What makes you resilient? Do you have methods that you can... <laughs> sometimes yes, sometimes <laughs> no. Yeah, certainly not, ball, right? Yeah, There's exactly. eight billion of us. Yep. So, yeah. The, um, you know, the resiliency <laughs> component... There's Blitz, always getting in the podcast. See, I told That's you. That's your cell phone. Isn't yeah. that your cell phone ringtone? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, um, 
the staying resilient, right? Yeah. And you know, so you know, I'm I'm going to be 34 soon. I've got a, a seemingly another 50 Age doesn't matter. 50 <laughs> years of this uh, of, of staying. I'm hoping. Oh, okay. Uh, 84, right. I'm going to go 60. I'll okay. Give you, you're yeah. going to give me 60, 60. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. You never know. Um, the uh, you know, I think sometimes that's the resiliency is is the daunting aspect for people mm-hmm. is the. Um, you know, I always tell people staying in the fight, right. Mm. Is, you know, Mm. stay in the arena, stay in the fight. And, um, you know, you are certainly going to face challenges in the future that are significantly worse than what you've already faced or what you are, what you are facing currently. And that really is when your resiliency is going to get tested. Mm -hmm. But what I find for people is when things are hunky dory and everything's, you know, low stress and going really well. Um, is actually the time when they are are the least resilient or are not necessarily staying in their practice mm. like they would need to. Mm. Um, you know, what is it? I guess first just talk a little bit because you use the term a lot, resiliency. Yeah. I'm interested in what, uh, you know, what that means to you. And I, I'm sure that that's a value and principle that's strong on your list just in, in how you kind of talk to talk about it. Yeah. Well, and, and as you know, I have a, a new program around this uh, that we could use a lot of words yeah. around, you know, and this, this is one of those words where we like to say it and we don't always, we don't have complete clarity on our planet of, of what this means uh, for us. And, but you know, your, your background in the military, you, you have through those experiences and events that you went through and training um, have given you a degree of resiliency, right? And the resiliency, um, like a lot of these uh, behaviors and strengths or not, um, is on a spectrum. You know, we all have degrees of it, uh, even though we, we often express them as have or have nots, that's not really the case. Yeah. You know, um, most of the time it's on a very wide, hard to explain spectrum of, you know, not so resilient to very resilient. Uh, and we, I find, through my own experiences, you know, where I've had lots of adversity, whether it's personal or business or client or whatever, um, that we we look at resiliency as being the cumulative effect of our experiences. Um, and while certainly we need life experiences to, to drive that, um, and it does create you resiliency, but that implies that you're going to go through lots of speed bumps and that the, the training component of what you were going through and the feedback mechanisms that you were going through when you were going through those adverse conditions were, were there on board to help you realize what you could do differently. So you may have been put in, in the military in adverse conditions but I'm trusting that there was a training component layered on top of it that, that didn't just say sweat it out, gut it out, don't get shot, right? right? To think this way about it, do these things, and you're gonna maximize the benefit to you of going through that experience. And then we're gonna couple those things together and we're gonna make you even more resilient. You're gonna have the ability to see through these things. You're gonna be more prepared. You're gonna when the adversity or anxiety or emotional event strikes, you're gonna be able to mentally, because most of this is mental at this point, um, we're not talking physical resiliency per se, uh, 
is you're going to be able to navigate through it and you're going to be able to maintain clear thinking yeah. right through that, right? So yep. those are, that's likely that that happened without being there with you, right? Versus what we, what we often express resiliency as as well, you know, there are all these conditions that somebody went through, they become resilient. And, and yeah, maybe, you know, but think about what, would, what the world would be like if everyone had the benefit of understanding what proven methods exist, and they do exist, to help you uh, through adversity to maintain the right mindset and positive effects, to build up your, your positive resources over time. Because yeah. uh, the more that you build up positive resources, we're trying to layer this so this makes sense, the more you're gonna tend to want to do that. So that becomes your well. Yeah. Your personal well that you can, or your reserves, right? That you can dip into when you need to and when it hits versus if things are always in the tank or things are always negative, you're just going to tend to stay there. And that's that's not just because, well, that's just how we think. That's how your brain works. Yeah. And then you you're react. Just, you're creating right? a habit. Yeah. You're really just creating negative habits yeah. in your mind and then you react and then, you know, you're not, you know, exercising the best version of you in the best possible way. So... Um, you know, there's proven techniques that have really been researched and applied over the last 20 years, really over the last 20 years. And some of it's rooted in, in a word that I think people have, have bad, give, give people bad vibes, and that's psychology, right? So there's been a pendulum swing over the last 20 years for, you know, the what's wrong with you yeah. to how do we create things that are right and even better with you. So there's that swing has been happening. Um, in most of the general, to most of the general population, it hasn't been published, right? Even though there's books out there on it, and there's there's lots of things you can read, but it just it's not in the hands starting in schools, uh, or universities, or to adults where it's generally taught, but they exist. So I got I got tuned into this uh, about 18 months ago when I read an article in the New York Times, and it was about a course that was being offered at Yale, uh, not a school that I went to uh, by any stretch, uh, but in um, about s students who've been going undergoing adversity, stress, anxiety, some forms of depression, not all, some forms of depression, and the course is offered to them about how do you sort of maintain happiness. Well, I don't like to use that word because it's, it's misconstrued, but how do you continue to stay well and be well and function well in what you do? And we're not talking about nutrition, although that certainly could come into play. We're really talking about mentally yeah. here. So... That course was offered at Yale, um, and it became the highest enrolled course there. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah. So, so I wrote um, the, um, the professor, uh, who also happens to be head of one of the colleges there, and told her what I do with leadership development, teach at Ohio State, and she sent me the full syllabus for the course. Uh, not the external facing one that you get where you get this little skinny skeleton. Yeah. She sent me everything. Yeah, her thoughts would be. And I, so then I started breaking that down and looking at it. And as I went through that, and then I was able to take the course remotely. Um, and I started really thinking through this, like why doesn't everybody know these things? Yeah. Why doesn't everyone have downloaded in their mind even a thin version of these things that you could use to run that mind cycle to say, no, I'm, I'm not going negative on this. I gotta do things that I'm passionate about yeah. with purpose, right? I've gotta find ways to build relationships and 
and respond to people when they come to me with good news. That, hey, that's great that you, you got that and you, you hit your new milestone, right? Yeah. And do things that are meaningful to me, intrinsically meaningful, that extrinsically benefit others, right? So my role is really, I love what I do, but it really what I do is benefiting others. Yeah. Right? And I love what I do, right? And then feeling a sense of accomplishment as a result and savoring the moments along the way. And I'm sort of just touching on little, little itty bitty pieces of it and thinking about the, the, rather than how bad your day went, what are the three good things that happened to you today? Rather than thinking about how bad your relationships are, what about three really great relationship moments you had today? Yep. And all those things I just mentioned, simplistically, if you apply those, you, could, you will do things in your system, your mind, to help you be more resilient over yep. time, to improve your well, sometimes referred to as your well-being, improving your life satisfaction. All these things are proven to, to enable people to manage down anxiety, manage down stress, um, hit high, higher degrees of achievement because you're functioning better. When you function better, you're going to do better. Yep. And by the way, when you think about the things we're talking about here, when we talk about leadership and influencing, if you're not functioning well, you're highly likely not to be performing your best as a leader yep. and wanting to motivate at your best. You may be able to spike and get in the zone, and but it's not likely that you can stay there because you you're not really thinking good about yourself. Yeah. So it's going to get in the way of your progress. Yeah. So so back to so I started breaking that down, and then it, it took me to a tremendous amount of research that's been done out of Penn, some out of University of Michigan. Sorry, team. Right. Yeah. That's how it is. Right. You know, and what I do, it applies to everybody. And then um, some some out of Harvard, but also at Yale. And then as I looked at this, I'm like, I'm going to start testing this and bringing this in a concise way uh, into my student work and my student athlete work in high school. So I started bringing it into the classroom uh, at Ohio State. I started embedding it simplistically into um, my student athlete sessions. I've done some of the coaches and I've, I've done recently at All Tangy Liberty with the counselors. But, but with my students as an example, so we'll sort of link it to youth. Um, my students very quickly picked up on the value of doing this. Even, even keeping all the application of it at a very high level, because I can't stay on it because that's not the nature of the class, right? Yeah, so yeah. I can't, this is a class on resiliency and for the next 14 weeks I'm gonna take it, that'd be fun and yeah. I actually have developed a curriculum on that now, but I can't stay on it. But they very quickly picked up the value of it to the point where with their case studies that they have to do for their midterms and everything and finals, they started working it in. If the organization, if Walmart or Sears or wherever, whatever company they're dissecting, started applying these things, people would think differently about themselves and think differently about the role. So um, the point of all this is, is the methods are there. They're not, they're not well known, but they exist. And the studies, there's no shortage of evidence. It's not as if somebody did one study or two studies and they think, yeah. though they know. Yeah. We know. I've, I've read all. I've read thousands of pages of you know ad nauseum of research reports to prove to me that this stuff is there. Because whatever I deliver to my clients or whatever I teach, I, I'm not into theory. Mm. I, you know, to me, this has got to be useful, practical, and grounded in something that says if you do these things, it's going to work. It becomes yeah. the best practice, whatever. So I'm I'm on a mission to to bring this stuff to people. This is a, a big part of what I want to do more of yeah. this year. Um, 
whether it's in schools or businesses or working with you or, or wherever, um, I'm going to continue to find ways to, to bring this to people so that they have an awareness of, if you think this way, if you do these things, you, you can navigate yourself through these stressful moments, adversity, you know, uh, forms of depression, forms again, not all, yeah. because some of, the, some of it's very difficult and requires a completely different kind of treatment that's outside the bounds of this conversation. But, but you know, you, you will tend to look at what you're doing differently, you're going to think differently about it, and you're going to be able to course correct much sooner um, as a result of applying these methods. Because they exist, they're just not, they're not generally publicized or taught really yeah. enough to us in life. And everybody can benefit by these, including me. Yeah. No, and I mean, I think That's it's... a long answer to your question. But no, it, I mean, I think the... Um, just like you said, I mean, I think that... I think there's a wide ranging things that are not taught that are... That you know, not only should be, and we can talk about woulda, coulda, shoulda all right, day, right. but, um, you know, I think... I think physical training and, and nutrition mm-hmm. and, you know, mindfulness mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. financial health and all these yeah, other things. Exactly, yeah. And like, really, if we think about it, a lot of those are core issues that get in the way of happiness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, same thing at a certain point, if you're not treating yourself physically, right, chemically, mm-hmm. you won't be able to operate at your top capacity. And so, you know, that physical income and same thing, you know, financially, if you're not in a position where, you know, you've got decent financial health, you're going to be put into situations where you're automatically stressful. Again, it's mm-hmm. going to force you into positions where it's very hard for you to operate at your top capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think now, uh, you know, I love the shift. I think that I think that there is a small group, but it's still a very, very small group that is practicing mindfulness, that is practicing mm-hmm. some of these things. And I mean, I, I just off the top of my head, I would still venture to guess it's it's well less than five percent or two percent i tend to agree without knowing the data it just feels yeah. like despite lots of published material yeah on it, i mean there's no we mean with everything we've talked about today with leadership and organizational change and culture there's no shortage of material it's a matter of application yep and sticking with it yeah and and, and being committed to a new way of doing things and creating new habits yep. and that, that's the hard for hard part for people yep. to stick with it yep. uh including this stuff we're talking about here in terms of building personal resiliency uh, and creating, you know, well-being and stuff because it's proven that you apply these things, you're, you're going to be more effective in yeah. what you do. Well, and I think you said it perfect earlier where it's not a have or have not. It's a spectrum. And this is what we yeah. talked about with, um, and we had talked, I think I maybe talked about it in our last podcast with, um, there's only better. There, There's only, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's the only pursuit is... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're never going to achieve, my team is never going to achieve this position and then it's okay, cool. We're good. Mm. We cannot do this ever again anymore. Um, you know, it is a, a pursuit of better Mm -hmm. across all of the spectrums of all of these words we use. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you might get a lot better, you know, with resiliency, integrity, courage, some of these things, but you know, honesty might be something that you're just not mm-hmm. in a capacity where you're getting better at. Um, yeah. And I think that some Probably of those one things, of the most difficult ones. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's when it can cast the... That's a character strength yep. uh, or not or in degrees and that could cast a negative shadow over all your other strengths. That's yep. one of those where... That's like bad communication skills. Yep. If there's 67 leadership competencies, if you're a really bad communicator, and I'm not talking in affliction, I'm talking you just don't care about how you communicate. Yeah. That can cast a shadow over all other sixty-six. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, that's but that's the thing where when it's 
when you view things differently of, you know, it's not a person who, oh, they just don't have self-awareness or oh, they just don't have this mm-hmm. or, um, you know, that person's too, too much this or too, you know, they're, they're dramatic and reactive and they're too much this. It's mm-hmm. just, they are just sitting you know, lower on that spectrum. Mm-hmm. And, and then in that capacity, it's, you know, looking more internally, well, what could I do to help move them to better? Mm-hmm. Um, or do I care to help to move them mm-hmm. to better? Right. Is maybe probably a better first question. Mm-hmm. And, and then again, that comes back to your own courage and your own integrity and your own willingness to help people. And do you have the ability, do you have enough interaction? Yep. You know, do you have enough continuity with them? Do you have enough touch points yep. right where you can, you could affect that? Cause the once and done, unless it's a big, a big event where it's going to just rock them and like that, this has never happened. And that happens, right? Yep. But most events are not like that. So yep. you need those touch points. So, but if you believe as an individual, like you believe, you believe that you can make a difference in people's lives. You know, if you think about a context of, you know, what could you do with every interaction to make that difference, to create a, a moment in their life where they think differently about something, you know, and, you can benefit them. That's the, you know, doing things with meaning. So you have a meaning that says, but I, f- I feel very strongly about this and your purpose is purposely helping others. That's yeah. extrinsic in yep. what you do. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, you know, as you kind of start thinking about the, the movement towards helping others, that's mm-hmm. one of the big things that I want to come out of our community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the, the, I think it's a trickle down effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that this is something, you know, kids and teens, I think is huge. I think, you know, parents are huge. And I think all of that communication and kind of getting on this, on this same level, mm-hmm. um, is really, really important for us to in the future continue to have, you know, a larger impact than we mm-hmm. currently have. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think the, um, going into schools and going into different companies and organizations, mm-hmm. I think is, is a great starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are you looking at if we were to look three to five years in the future, you know, you had said you want to get in and do, you know, more, you know, presentations, talk, work a little bit more tangibly with, with people directly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what else do you see as, as opportunities for people? If we were to talk about, let's say somebody's listening in Boise, Idaho, right. And they just don't have access to come and see you talk or go to Ohio state or, you know, do some of these things. What are practices that you encourage people to be taking at home, um, you know, on their own, if they were on their own pursuit? Well, that, that's a pretty broad question. I, I think, you know, a lot of this, if you, if you believe in the personal importance of it, I'm answering your last question first, because okay. you asked me some, several other questions, um, then become an avid student of it. Quote, a student in the sense that you want to continue to, to understand it, um, appreciate what actually the, all the studies and research show that it does work, okay? Um, and then apply it and then stick with it. You know, make it something that is a daily routine, a lifelong ambition to be a lifelong learner in that space. Because if you, if you can do that, um, you'll start to get it in your system yep. and you can apply it. So that's, that is, without question, a way to to do it individually yeah. if you wanted to do it on your own because the materials there mm-hmm. and I could, I could point people in a direction of various but whether it's resiliency or leadership books um, 
Because at the end of the day, leadership has not really changed yeah. a whole lot. Yeah. Okay. Building cultures, it has not, the approaches that you can use has not really changed a whole lot. Right. It's a matter of application. World dynamics have changed. Yeah. You know, um, the stress and anxiety that are on people because they need to think more about their future than in the moment now. Yeah. That creates that forward-looking anxiety for students, adults. Everybody, financial, you know, is, is what's changed. And now yeah, that velocity, yeah. distractions, yeah, that's what's different, you know, mm-hmm. that's going to continue to shift. Um, but, you know, you could, you could apply these things on your own if you choose to. Um, you know, off, off that point individually, um, that people can go to my website. I mean, there's, there's going to be elements of that there where you, can, you could read, you know, on the blog or... You have to tell them what the website is. Yeah, well, should I do that? Yeah, yeah, plug plug away. What's my name again? Which which name should I use? (laughs) So, jackslavinsky.com. So, Slavinsky, S L A V I N S K I. Twitter, I'm at at jackslav, J C K S L A V, or you can find me on LinkedIn. So, you're going to get some elements of that there. Um, You know, at I'm, I'm on a mission. I, I feel I've been called to be on a mission. I'm going to stay on my mission to, to apply what I do in the a, in a broadest possible way. Uh, I continue. Part of the job is delivery. you got to deliver an A++ grade. So yeah. you got to do that to bring relevant material, excitement, energy, passion. you got to be able to do that, but then you got to find ways to continue to extend it. A lot of, um, a lot of my new client business um, comes from referrals. Um, Mostly, sometimes it's me going out fishing and hunting yeah. for new opportunities. Uh, but um, you know, I find that when I'm able to get in front of people or speak to them, it, it goes pretty quickly of, prickly from, uh, you know, we've been thinking about this, I don't know, to, well, actually, maybe we should. Well, actually, I think those are some of the issues we face, too. Yep. To why don't we? Um, you know, so, and I have opportunities to extend my reach. I'm part of John Gordon's consulting team. It's a startup team uh, where we're going to be using... Uh, his most recent book, Power Positive Team, yep. um, to to use that as a means to provide sessions with clients. I, I could actually do that now. I've, I've done assessments at his direction on his last three books, uh, Power Positive Team, Power Positive Leader, and um, You Win in the Locker Room First. Um, so I've been given the ability through him to be able to use the material in those books and those assessments, which I do, yeah. depending upon where I am with my clients. I don't always do it in year one. It's more in year two, year three. Uh, but that'll be fun, and that'll provide me greater reach, uh, largely into um, the corporate world, yeah. you know, because um, he's got tremendous brand recognition um, and having the ability to even work with him in a minor way. You know, you get to see a lot of good things. So um, but so that that's what I'm on, I'm, and I'm looking to really in terms of the new thing, resiliency, and looking to get that out in, in the school system level. Actually speaking uh, at an event on a Saturday in March to um, a lot of people, and I think parents too, uh, a joint event of Hilliard and Dublin schools oh, okay. um, on well-being and resiliency. So I have the benefit of, of doing that. I was speaking at Ohio State this weekend, part of my my couple breakout sessions I'm doing with all the students who are attending at Fisher, well, not just Fisher, across all the university, it's at Fisher, um, will be not only on what does it mean to be a leader and how do you influence and how do you build great team chemistry, but also how do you build 
a resilient version of you through the things we've been talking about here. So, so every opportunity I have through you, I you know love to work with all of you and find a way to weave that into the fabric of what we do with your business and how yeah. we offer that to to your clients and you know a set of sessions and series so that you know everyone can get the benefit of this. You know there, it's more than a conversation. It takes training. Yeah. If it was just a conversation or you just needed to read the, the back jacket of a book, then we'd be on a different planet, but we're not. Right. right? So so on one hand we can make these things sound simple. On the other hand it takes, you know, some education and practice yeah. to make them work. So that's that's the mission that I'm on. I mean I'm out to make a difference in people's lives. I I firmly believe that I've been called to do this very different than what I was doing ten years ago. Yeah. Or twenty years ago. You know, and it, uh, and I'm going to stick with it uh, and continue to bring highly relevant, proven methods and techniques on how do you, how do we all behave better as leaders in any capacity, whether it's youth to adults, coaches to teachers to business people, uh, and then how do we, how do we function at our best? You know, how do we stay positive? Yeah. How do we, you know, build great relationships? Um, and how do we go about, you know, really feeling that sense of achievement? But that doesn't mean that I'm perfect with this. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm just as fallible as everyone, right? But these methods are proven to work when you apply them most effectively. So, and I appreciate you spending time with me here. Yeah. Appreciate being part of this. You, you're clearly doing great things with your team. You've got a great team. You, you're, you're on a path of continuing to help them grow and develop. And, you know, you have an opportunity to set an example for other organizations, uh, like you but also in the community and i think that community effect that you've mentioned many times to me is a really powerful effect because with that says a lot about what you're looking to serve and what your reach is you know beyond just profitability of yeah. your businesses how do we benefit people how do we how do we help people that need help even though they may not be working out yeah at friendship yeah right that's that's the thing so yeah, yeah and i think that's you know if we can think about a future where you're involved with the school systems and we're involved with parents and kids and teens mm -hmm. and you know it's not just a one year thing or an mm -hmm. 18 month thing it's a it's a 10 year mm -hmm. thing or a 20 year thing and we're we're spanning you know generations and it's starting to you know, John Sansbury, member of our yeah. community yeah, at John, great you know, guy. Liberty, yeah, yeah, great guy, yeah. Is, is starting to implement that into class structures yep. at Liberty. That is the only school in the state of Ohio that's doing that. Yep. And then Ohio State, you're yeah. offering courses. And so yeah. now we're starting to get the opportunity, if that can trickle down then into middle schools and mm -hmm. then down yes. into elementary mm -hmm. schools, um, into our kids and teens programs and into other, you know, fitness and, you know, health, wellness-based mm -hmm. opportunities. Uh, you know, that's really where I start to see that, that change start to happen mm -hmm. in, in the community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it, I think on a mass scale, I mean, I just always, it, there's always going to be people that are overwhelmed by the distractions and mm -hmm. overwhelmed by all the noise and stuff and maybe not, might not find right. this. When, when did noise start? When, when did we <laughs> yeah. start getting distractions in life? We yeah. didn't talk about distractions. I was going to say. Isn't there like a website? I think it's a to? new thing. It's, it's, oh, it's just, yeah, started? just started. You know, just started. That, First generation yeah. uh, distractions. I thought, you know, because last year we didn't talk much about distractions. Nah. And this year it seems to be more like pervasive. For sure. A lot more. Yeah. Is there some place you can more go to noise. where there's like a distraction index? 
could actually, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's. A I, think, DI, yeah. I think it's it's you know that's what's so funny to me as you start. We were watching a movie yesterday, and um, somebody was joking about being an old man, um, you know, being annoyed at the upstairs neighbors about how you know that, that's not music, and it's so funny how all these things kind of keep circling themselves around. And you know, I found myself today talking about how this you know new rapper on the radio is like that's ah, not music, and all of a sudden you're getting <laughs> it's like all of a sudden before you know it. You're old, and then and and now it's all oh, those damn kids and their cell phones and their yeah, social media and all that stuff. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and uh, but like you said, I mean, it's just it's uh, it's cycles repeating themselves, yeah. and it's it's not anything that's uh, new. It's just it's showing itself in a different form. Mm-hmm. And so as we look at those um, now, I think there's more evidence, and then more than anything, we have more access to the information than we ever have. That's key. And so there's just no reason at this point that it can't start to be something where you go to a a school and say, here is research scientific backed at Mm -hmm. some of the top universities in America. That's what I've been doing recently. I mean, that's been all Tangy and stuff like that. And so that's exactly you know, when you're on a mission, yeah. like you're on a mission, you got to be willing to continue to advance the mission. Yep. Right. If you believe in it, then yep. you're going to want to continue to find ways to confirm it and bring it out there. Even when, even when you try and try, and some people don't want to listen, or some people say, oh, "We don't need that." Yep. Well, that, in reality, everything we've talked about today, every organization needs more of. Yeah. Every person needs more of. There isn't a single person or organization who can't benefit by yep. what we're doing today. Getting people to to understand why. They could perform better yeah. if they did it. Is is really the magical act, yep. and sometimes it's just a matter of timing. Yeah, that that we need to, to work through. Yeah, uh, yeah, timing for the for them to get the buy-in to, mm-hmm. to actually see the value. Yeah, and that's you know it's the same thing that uh, you know it's sometimes you have to wait, sometimes you have to separate, sometimes you have to. There needs to be an event. There needs to be some catalyst for for people. Um, but I think that that's uh, that's something that I've been able to to see more now and be more accepting of. I think it was something that I'd, that in the past, you know, I would try to maybe you know force onto friendship people or force onto the community in some capacity and just say, like, no, everybody's got to be doing this and everybody's got to be working on this. And Start now, do yeah, do. yeah, exactly. Wait, but, but if they're not in the right mind space, it's just like me telling you. You have to come and do CrossFit right now, and every time that anybody's I ever done that, basement, I was gonna say, I got a thousand pound of weights to Olympic bars. Everybody who's ever done that, who's come in, they all yeah. fail because they're not making that uh, choice yes. on their own. You know, they're in their own mental state. They are not in the right mental state yet to take on that pursuit, mm-hmm. and they aren't the ones who chose to take on that pursuit. It was sort of forced upon yeah. them. And in that capacity, it just doesn't have the sticking power yet. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, ultimately, I do think that CrossFit has value for everybody. But again, it has to be something where you go into it with the right mindset. And if you don't, then it's not going to have value to you. And it's the same stuff. Yeah. Same, same with this. Is think, yeah. you have to be prepared to go into it with an open mind, a growth mindset, mm-hmm. and you know, look at it as an opportunity and look at it as a pursuit that. Isn't does not have a finite end mm-hmm. and is not quick results, which I think both are are, are a big part of the challenge for people. Mm-hmm. Is you know this isn't stuff where you know you're gonna wake up tomorrow and like oh awesome I have a clear mind and I'm you know I'm <laughs> present and aware with no stress and pain and nothing will ever come just up again. Breathe. Yep. Just breathe, But you're so, also doing things to um, advance what you're doing at your gym beyond just getting reps, mm. you know, into, you know, nutrition and, 
wellness and resilient, whatever words we want to use, resiliency. I mean, in that, that evolution that you're doing, given the world dynamics around us and what people are facing, is the right evolution. Yeah. You know, and how do you, so, you know, your willingness to change and to continue to find ways to reinvent your business to align it with what, what people need. Yeah. And what's getting in their way of being the best version of themselves. Yep. And that's that's what's key. Yeah. Right. Um, it's not just get an Olympic bar and do a thousand reps and do it again tomorrow and do it again tomorrow and yep. run in place and run around a block and do two miles. You know. Yeah. It's you know there there's a lot more to it and you're looking to integrate that into your business and I'm sure you will continue to integrate it because yep. you, you know you got to evolve right yep. if you're not evolving given everything else going around us you're likely backsliding yeah if you're not improving you're likely backsliding what you do and that applies in any organization any business any athletic organization yep. so to, to continue to develop yourself in a world where things are competitive you've got to find ways to continue to do that or you're likely losing ground yeah no, I think it's spot on. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a great ending point. Is that's that's been the mentality this past year, two years for us is just grow and develop. And you've been a huge part of that, and so I appreciate that. And and Andy's been a huge part of it. He'd be very Andy. Upset. He'd be upset if we didn't talk yeah, about Andy. him at all. Andy? But we'll my talk. Son, we'll mention son, we'll mention him in the uh, in the right. in the intro. Yeah, so all right. I'll do okay, it. I'll we'll do put it. Some intro. I have pictures of him as a little kid. You know, I yeah. got a little, little yeah. stuff when I used to drive him to. To uh, football games, and we used to sing that song that you asked me to sing in the beginning. <laughs> but my football days in New Jersey, so yeah, yeah, so that that's good. But you know, his his nutrition knowledge, bringing that, and his energy and everything, everybody needs that. But yeah. uh, you know, it's um, it's great with what you're doing in the community. It's great uh, family-wise what people are able to do, um, and keep doing what you're doing. Keep bringing it, and don't stop, and don't let the moment get in your way. Find ways to work around the moment because some. Not all, the moment isn't always satisfying. Yeah. But you can always learn from the moment. So so do that. But thank you. Thank yeah. you for the time today. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Jack. You're I welcome. appreciate it. And we are